Welcome back to Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. And we thank you very much for viewing this podcast. If you like it, feel free to follow on Spotify and subscribe on YouTube. Your viewership is greatly appreciated. And we hope you all had a great Thanksgiving weekend. Hopefully you digested your food. Hopefully your team won. And leading into the next week, looks like a very exciting slate of games. But before we get into all that, we're going to break down what happened over the Thanksgiving weekend. Starting with the Buffalo Bills victory over the Detroit Lions uh, on Thanksgiving Day, 28-25. A very interesting game for the Buffalo Bills in this one, really. And Detroit stuck around a whole lot longer than some people might have thought. Yes. Detroit really been a sneakily good offensive team this year. I mean, if you haven't watched them and you're just looking at their record, maybe you think that Detroit's not as good as they really are. I know we've personally been on the Detroit wagon, or, the, or invented one, yeah. for most of the year ourselves. <laughs> yeah, if the wagon exists, <laughs> more like a bicycle. But still a bit surprising for the Bills to let them stick around as long as they did. Yes, for sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how... Detroit has played this year. I remember I wasn't all that surprised that it was a close game. I know a lot of people were. But, yeah, that's kind of how this Lions team plays. I mean, they're, like, top 10 in almost every offensive category this year. Um, if they only had defense, they might, you know, be capable of making some damage here. But, uh, yeah, they thought it was a really good way to kick off Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, definitely a fun game to watch. And on that last drive there with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, just what an incredible throw and catch. Yeah, signature moment for them in this this year. It's just an, another example of why having a, a great quarterback wide receiver duo matters so much that you can just find that guy in that moment of the game. It's just that was a really clutch play by both of them. Yeah, really awesome to see. And teams that are you know don't have that combo, they miss out on just it's kind of like in basketball when it's like the game's on the line. You need that guy that everyone knows is that guy to take the game in his hands and win them the game. And that was definitely the case for Diggs and Allen on that play. And really just been an incredible year for Diggs on his own. And, I mean, despite his interceptions, Allen is still on pace to set a league record for yards, as is Mahomes. Really? Both of them? Oh, because, yeah, another game, and yeah. Wow. Yeah, Allen still looking pretty good. I, you know, I wasn't too concerned with how the Bills were playing. We we see this from every team. Like, almost every team has a little bit of a slump. I mean, it's not, you know, anything to be overly concerned with as long as they're still winning during that stretch, which... Two and two the last four weeks, and you know they won two in a row. So I did have a question for you. What do you think about Josh Allen leading the league in interceptions? Any thoughts to that? Uh, you know, I'm not too concerned about it to be honest, because they're eight and three, and you know interceptions. When your defense is as good as the Bills' defense is, how you know how much does interceptions really matter? Especially if it's down the field, you know, in the red zone. And, and you know, with him leading the NFL interceptions. No quarterback has led the NFL in interceptions and won the Super Bowl since Matt Stafford with the Rams back in February. Yeah, <laughs> right. So maybe it's uh, <laughs> just goes to show you all these these stats that have existed for so long. They can be broken like that. But I, I saw that tweet and I thought it was very funny. Yeah, I thought you're gonna bring it up here. That is pretty amusing. Maybe we have two in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. And even going to that point, Mahomes has had a few bad red zone picks yeah. and another in his win over the Rams this week. Yeah, I mean, a lot of teams seem to be struggling in the red zone this year, like Green Bay, you know, Buffalo, a lot of teams seem to just have trouble down there. Yeah. But, I mean, just to a point overall, these elite quarterbacks like Allen and Mahomes, they're going to give you absolutely insane play, but because of how much they push the ball, they'll get those turnovers every once in a while, and that's something you have to live with. Yes, and it's a good trade-off to have, you know. It's 
when you yeah when you have a quarterback that good, I think you live with those picks. Absolutely, I do. And I don't think you should try to really coach that out of him either, especially with Allen being like a gunslinger. If you try to just let him loose, like that's that's who he is. That's who you drafted. And uh, I think the best thing you can do is just, hey, let it loose. Like, yeah, I know Sean McDermott, a lot of Bills fans, like, slide, slide, slide. I'm like, no, put your shoulder into him. Like, this is Josh Allen. This is a quarterback we've never seen anyone do this before. Go for it, you know, until there really isn't a sign that quarterbacks get hurt more on the run. So I would just say, you know, keep trucking guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there is no stats to say that running quarterbacks get hurt more than anybody else. Yeah, and, like, it gives them such an advantage when he goes all out like that. For sure. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am love when Josh Allen's on the run, and I love seeing him hurdle guys and, and truck guys, really entertaining football. And speaking of other good quarterbacks who were on the run, let's go into this Eagles and Packers game this week. Yeah, Jalen Hurts running just absolutely wild on Green Bay. It just every single time, they did, had no answer, no adjustment. Led the team in rushing 157 yards on the ground. It's absolutely insane. Really an insane game in total for the Eagles rushing offense. As yeah. Miles Sanders also had 143 yards. Yeah, they made all the running backs look like all-stars. All their averages, you know, like right around above five yards per carry. Like Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott had pretty good days for the limited touches they had. Yeah, and overall a very interesting offensive game to watch. And a lot more than we've seen at the Packers offense all year long. Yeah, I mean, the Packers offense to me has been somewhat productive, but it's definitely been really sloppy with the young receivers. It's more like they're they get in good position, but they just can't finish drives off. This game was definitely, they really uh, capitalized on opportunities. And, you know, one of the craziest starts to the game I've ever seen, just Eagles going up 13 nothing right away. It just felt like, oh, here we go. This is going to be a blowout. And literally just as quick, Green Bay takes the lead. And from there on, we ensues one of the more entertaining games of the year. But um, biggest, probably the biggest thing everyone's talking about, Rodgers, of course, leaving the game with the, the rib injury and the thumb. Love coming in and looking pretty darn good. Um, you know, as a Packer fan, I obviously have a little bit of, you know, bias in this matter. But as a nonpartisan, what do you think should be the strategy here? And who do you think the Packers should play going down the road? Personally, I think it actually does make a lot of sense to play Jordan Love and see what you've got in him. If you're already out of it in the playoff race, I feel like there's no reason that Aaron Rodgers should be in there, especially with how injured he seems to be. Yeah. I think you want to see what you've got in Jordan Love to see if maybe he's the guy of the future for you because nobody really knows what Aaron Rodgers thinks after this. Maybe he does retire. There was a lot of talks about it last year. And Jordan Love we haven't seen much of in the past few years because he's been the backup there. You probably need to see what you've got before you can make a big decision about that and one that you may end up being faced with this year. Yeah, and I think that is definitely... That's a, a bold decision because it leaves you in a very difficult spot. Uh, but you think the important thing to remember is Roger said it himself when he signed the three-year, fifty million per year contract. He said it's really uh, three one-year contracts is basically what he said. So any you know he could retire at the end of any year. In the last couple of years he's been talking about it, so it would not be that weird to see him retire. Yeah, absolutely. And by playing Jordan Love, you know, by dangerous, I mean, what if he comes and balls out? Now you have a very difficult decision if Rodgers does want to come back. What do you do? You can't trade Rodgers, but Love is going to, you know, he's going to want to start if he's playing really well. So that's going to be a very difficult position there. And it would be a very interesting position to be in there, but maybe one doesn't happen. Maybe you play Jordan Love and he's not good. Yeah. And then you're really in a tough position if Rodgers wants to retire. Yeah, it really, it's... I mean, they should have a decent draft pick this year 
because they're so bad, but it's still not nearly enough to get you know a top level quarterback. I don't even know who's in the draft this year. I haven't looked at that yet, seeing as I expected that we were going to be good. But Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, both pretty good prospects. Guys that will probably be going in the top ten, though. Yes. If not the top five. So, I mean, you can trade up. Who knows? But I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think Rodgers still wants to play. You know, he, when he the offseason comes, you kind of sit around and you're like, you kind of get the, the itch, especially when you can still play and you're still really good. So, I, you know, I don't think he will retire. Maybe he will, though. It wouldn't be that surprising to me. But, uh, yeah, this year is done for Green Bay, 4-8. and eight. I think they have a 2% chance to make it. So, yeah, I can at least I can relax in that regard and not really have any suspense when I'm watching them play, which is a bit of a freeing feeling. Yeah, no suspense there. But a game with maybe a bit more suspense, we had the Cincinnati Bengals and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, of course, <laughs> yes. A rematch of the, uh, the AFC wildcard game last year, I believe, or no divisional game. Yeah, one and one that we talked a lot about, and we've had a lot of discourse about the Titans over the last couple of weeks on this podcast, and of course, just face to face and through our text messages as well. Yes, <laughs> it'll be very much on opposite sides of what the Titans have been or what the Titans are this year. Yeah, and last year, kind of the end of that too. Yes, and in watching this game, a lot, of, especially at the start, you see the offenses both struggle quite a bit at times, yeah. punting back back and forth, back and forth, before you finally see them get some touchdowns on offense. I mean, you really, without Henry, you see Tennessee get backed into a lot of third and long situations yeah. and they couldn't quite get out of. Right, in the last couple of weeks, Henry has had a hard time producing at his elite level. Just this week, averaging two yards a carry, like the very un-Henry-like, and then against the Packers, averaging only three yards a carry. This Tannehill as a quarterback is limited. Yes. He, he's not yeah. an extremely talented quarterback, but... When you have Derrick Henry being able to go off for four or five yards pop, getting you some third manageables, he can get the job done. But when you're consistently sticking Tannehill back in third and long situations with receivers like Robert Woods as your number one or Westbrook, like I feel like you're not going to get a lot of conversions there. Yeah. And that's really my biggest issue I see with Tennessee is if they get down, are they going to be able to get into it with their passing attack again? This team's really put a lot into Henry. I mean, that also should open up for your passing attack when teams are putting so much effort into stopping him. Right, and I think overall, as as a whole, Ryan Tannehill in the passing game is relatively effective. But like you said, in those clutch situations when you need it, it just seems to not really have been coming through this year. Now, that could change. I, I think it will eventually. I think Traylon Burks is coming along quite nicely, having two back-to-back pretty pretty good games over... 100 yards against Green Bay, 79 or 70 yards this game. But we'll see. You know, I, I still think Tennessee's a really good team, and there really isn't a cause for concern for me. Their passing offense has certainly been on the upswing since Tannehill came back into the lineup, but I do have some doubts about whether they can continue that with the type of weapons they have on their offense. Oh, yeah, I agree that it's lackluster. It definitely doesn't. The names don't pop out at all, but... You know, I, I don't know. They're seven and four. I think they I think they can get it together, do just enough. But I am probably more concerned with about them right now than I have been all year, just due to the fact that Henry really has not looked like King Henry these last couple weeks. And Cincinnati, on the other hand, 
Also having won a few in a row now. It started at 7-4. and four. Yeah, coming on at just the right time here for the, the stretch run. And it looks like they're about to get their number one receiver and Jamar Chase back this week. And Joe Mixon back as well. well. Yes, I mean, a good win by them without missing two of their best offensive pieces. Yeah. And that really um, creates, you know, opportunities for other guys to step up and they get to, to play hard and they're just better as a team for that when you have your top guys out. I mean, Cincinnati had been a team I've been high on all year long. I've been low on them all year long. <laughs> Going into, started coming into the year, I was low on them just because last year really, I was just, it didn't feel like they were a Super Bowl caliber team, but they kind of snuck their way in there. But I, I mean, maybe I should give them credit. They did make a lot of improvements. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me especially, it's their passing offense. I mean, is there a better group of receivers in the league than Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd? Probably not, yeah. I mean, unless you take tight end in, into account with that, but still, just a really, yeah, that's probably the best, I would say. Yeah, so I feel like I'm looking for some big things for Cincinnati down the stretch here and be very interested to see how things play out in that division as they're right up there with Baltimore. Yeah, oh, that's going to be a fun battle. Hopefully, I think they play, right, at least once within these last couple weeks. And Baltimore actually having a very interesting loss this week to Jacksonville. Surprising, very surprising. Kind of a game that I think was delayed the start of it, and it just it was kind of you know they let them hang around. The Ravens had another lead, and they just could not you know put the nail in the coffin there. And and sure enough, the Jaguars come back and beat them by one point there at the end, going yeah. for two at the end, which seems to be kind of a new popular thing. Yeah, to take the game in regulation. Yeah, and we've seen it happen where you get the loss sometimes, but teams will live with that. Yeah. Too. I mean, take the win regulation, it's been them that a lot of teams have gone for, and it's paid off for Jacksonville this week, and as well as uh, the LA Chargers. Yes, that's kind of their signature thing. And uh, I, I agree with that. I like that move because over time, you never know what's going to happen. Like, you have the ball, you're two yards away from winning the game. Why, and then if you go with the extra point, now it's a coin flip. You know, did you win the coin flip? Okay, you did. Now you have to make a stop. You know, it's just like, you have the game right here. If you can't get two yards, you lose, and you deserve to lose, in it, my opinion. And it just feels like the coward thing to do, to just keep you wanting to push the game back and push it back again. Yeah. And just hope something lands your way. Right. It feels like you're not confident in your team if you don't do it. Yes, well, I agree. To me. And, like, maybe no better example, I mean, like, of how fluky overtimes can be than the Bills last year against the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean... An offense that almost couldn't be stopped. Yeah. And coin toss lost in the game. Right. And that's just, yeah. And over in um, PATs are no longer the guarantees that they used to be. So, you know, they're like 39 yards. Maybe you miss it. There's like a, a decent chance you miss that, too. So I think more, it's even more incentive to go for two. Yeah, I would agree with that. And that's also kind of a, a little rule change. It kind of bugs me. I think PATs are too far. It's like a, what, it's like a 35-yard field goal? I mean, come on. It's worth one point should be a little closer. I mean, I, I guess when you put it in those terms, sure. But I mean, it's not a huge deal. It's just kind of something, a little thing that annoyed me a little bit. But, uh, yes, so an exciting week last week, and we both did pretty good in our pickums. both coming out with a winning record. I think you got 11 games right. That's correct. I went 11-5, and you were 10-6. and six. Yes, and you're catching up. I think you have uh, exceeded me the last four weeks in games correct. Yes, I have. And our records are now, I am 95 and 84, and Rob is 98 and 81. 
Yeah, so getting some separation here. It looks like we're finally figuring out the NFL this year. Better late than never. Yes. And uh, this is quite an odd thing. I don't think this really happens all that often. You have um, two teams that played on Thursday, playing on Thursday yet again in the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Yeah, and as a Bills fan, I do hope that this matchup picks up right where it left off yeah. in the AFC Wild Card last year, where Buffalo having almost a perfect offensive game. Yes. And hopefully they continue to get on a roll here versus a New England team that I think is playing a little bit above what they really are. Yeah, which kind of is New England's kind of their signature thing. Yes, it definitely is. Yeah. Very just, like, boring football. Like, you don't really... They could make the playoffs. I don't want them to because it's just boring. I, I I would definitely bet that they don't at this point. Yeah, there's a lot of power in the AFC, yeah. I mean, Mac Jones struggled out of this season, but really actually had a pretty nice game on Thanksgiving versus the Minnesota Vikings. Really, you're seeing a lot of this, of that quarterback class really doing pretty well as of late. Yeah. Other than Zach Wilson, of course, being oh, benched. Horrible. That's not surprising me at all. But, I mean, Justin Fields really come on of late. As well as Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, oh yeah, Trevor Lawrence looking like the pick that we all thought he was going to be. Sure. But, of course, I have the Bills coming out on top of this one. Uh, yes, I do as well. I don't think it will be an extension of that game last year because uh, the Patriots' defense is like first in like every category, um, even with that Vikings loss. But I do think the Bills should put up a decent amount of points against the Patriots. I would agree. Uh, and then you got the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Steelers uh, looking... A little bit better the last couple weeks. Who do you think takes this game? I have the Atlanta Falcons winning in this one. I do as well. So sticking to my, my mark, my words, that the Falcons will win the division. Uh, I picked them to, to lose last week, and they did. But I still think that they will do just enough. And it's not more. It's more of the division being bad than the Falcons being good. I just want to clarify that. Oh, for sure, the division is absolutely awful this yeah, year. just and garbage. All the teams still within a game of each other Yeah. <laughs> at this point of the year, and none of them with winning records. Right, the Panthers could still, if they, wanna, if they get hot and win a few games, they could win the division. That's crazy. Yeah, that is insane, really. And, like, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they looked like going into the bye, they were starting to pick it up. I was starting to get a little worried, and they come out and they lose to the Browns in overtime. So it just... And continue to look just not the same on offense. Uh, not what you would expect from Tom Brady. Yeah. But, yeah, I think the Falcons should get a little bit closer to that division title uh, with a win against Pittsburgh. And now we got an NFC North battle between the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. Aaron Rodgers will probably play um, from all sources I'm hearing. Who do you think takes this game? And I think Justin Fields will also be playing. I have the Green Bay Packers winning in this one. And I do as well, just due to the fact of their recent success in Chicago. I really don't have too much confidence in the actual team. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it should be a lot better of a matchup than you would have thought coming into this year. A little bit closer, but I do like Green Bay in this one. Yeah, I think Justin Fields would give him problems on the defense, similar to Jalen Hurts, though. Absolutely. Yes, and Scott dropped his pen again here, so... <laughs> we're, we should have we kept the pen tracker on you this year. <laughs> How many times he dropped it? <laughs> But uh, it was a great moment here. We, we started filming, and he dropped it right away. So, <laughs> two tonight. Uh, hopefully the Packers don't drop the ball in Chicago. <laughs> uh, and then you got the, the Jags and the Lions. Both um, kind of feisty teams don't seem to want to go away and looking a lot better here after they both kind of started off good, kind of tailed off a little bit. Now they're looking good again. Who do you think takes this game? 
I have the Jacksonville Jaguars winning this one. All right, I do have the Detroit Lions, although after much deliberation. Yeah, I mean, this is a game that I'm actually going to want to watch quite a bit. Yes. They're two teams that I like, even though they aren't great. The two teams I like a lot, they have had decent offenses, at least at times, and certainly have a lot of hopes going into the future, I think. Yeah, I yeah I, I love the uh, the environment around the teams, right? That feels like uh, the up and coming or the bad teams. You can kind of sense that they're going to be, you know, at least do something next year, just based on the the atmosphere. And I feel like positivity is prominent in both these organizations right now. For sure. Uh, and then you got the New York Jets taking on the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings coming off a win against the Patriots, and the Jets coming off a absolute walloping. Over the Bears with Mike White as the quarterback. Who do you think takes this matchup? I actually waffled in this one a little bit longer than I thought I would before ultimately picking the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, I did pick the Vikings as well, but I don't think it'll be particularly close. But I, I don't know what it was, but it just almost feels to me like this is a game that the Vikings would lose. Yeah, same old Vikings, Jets. yeah. That's just right. That the Vikings have a 9-2 record and have looked good at points. I mean, having a pretty good win over New England on Thanksgiving as well. Yes, in prime time with Kirk Cousins. Yes. Pretty astounding. And then, on the other hand, you have Mike White. And I'm hoping we don't have to have this type of discourse again where people are saying, actually, serious about Mike White being a great quarterback. Having He did have a very good day versus a very bad Bears defense. And I think he will come back to earth when he plays a good defense. That's Jets fans, though. They're very quick to... Um you know, pronounce savior to whoever's playing well at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, is there any fan base more overconfident than the Jets every year? <laughs> For a it, team it that's does been seem awful. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And I feel like Giants fans are a little bit more real with it. They're just angry the team's bad. But the Jets are just way too overly optimistic every year. Uh, speaking of the Giants, uh, they host the Washington Commanders here in a uh, what should be a pretty good divisional matchup. Both teams with seven wins. Who do you think takes this one? I have the Giants winning this one. Uh, I do have the Commanders here. The records are the same. Two teams kind of going in different directions right now. Uh, Commanders looking quite a bit better than they had to start the year with Taylor Heineke in there. I think the Commanders have been on an upswing, but I, I do feel like there's definitely been an element of luck to their wins. Like, they've been winning, sure, but I still feel like they are not a great team. Uh, I still feel similar about them as I felt... At the start of the year, pretty much all year long, they're an average, the below-average team. Yeah. I like what they've got at receiver, but I still think they're an average, below-average team. I definitely agree with that. I just think, I don't know, it's divisional matchups. These can go weird, and the Giants just have looked not great. I think, unfortunately, they may be regressing back to the median here. So I think their skate continues, unfortunately, for Giants fans. Uh, and then we got uh, very what should be a pretty good matchup here between the Tennessee Titans and the Philadelphia Eagles. And who do you have winning in this matchup? I have the Eagles winning this one. And I deliberated for a while, and eventually I picked my Tennessee Titans to win this game. And of yes, course. I said my Tennessee Titans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have taken up the responsibility of giving this Titans team the notoriety they deserve after nobody wants to give it to them. Um, but in analysis with this game, the Eagles had a really rough time against the run against the Packers. Derrick Henry, he's going to have a get-right week here. I think the Titans do just enough to take this game. You can be on your Titans all you want when your only point is they have the right guys. Yes, they have the, the right guys. That is your only point to this. They got they got that unity. They got strong coaching. They're not they don't choke. 
we got the right guys. We're gonna we're gonna win these games no, here. They can choke on their 19 points per game, which is 26 <laughs> in the league. Hey, we got all our great guys together now. It started the year with a little shaky injuries. It's going forward now. Okay, we have we have yet to see the best football from Tennessee. All right, in my opinion, which is fact. <laughs> then we have the Denver Broncos taking on the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens. Maybe we all thought they kind of got over their choking um, tendencies here, but sure enough, they did not. They choked another big one to Jacksonville. And who do you have winning this game? Baltimore, I believe, will win this one. Yes, because due to the fact Denver is just an absolutely atrocious team. Yeah, not even a thought to Denver winning this one. Their no. offense is so bad. I wouldn't almost pick Denver to win any game at this point. They're just it's nothing on offense. I honestly can't believe I I picked them in my parlay last week. Oh, never do that. Never bet against. Never bet for Denver, man. Russell Wilson just looking like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league has like less touchdowns than Carson Wentz this year. I think I read somewhere, which Carson Wentz played, like, what, three, four games? Yeah. Just horrible. Like, the Broncos have been by far the most disappointing offense this year. Yes. And the Ravens, look, they're nothing great at this point, but I think they get the job done. For sure. And then we got maybe the marquee matchup of the week. The Cleveland Browns taking on the Houston Texans, the return of Deshaun Watson against his former team. Who do you think takes this marquee matchup? I have the Cleveland Browns winning this one. And I do as well. It seems like I'm picking the Browns every week. But I just think, you know, they're an underrated team, although the defense is kind of scary. But Texans are garbage. Should be a fun return. It's going to be interesting to see how Watson is received. A lot of eyes will be on this one. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I don't expect he'll have a warm welcome. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's going to be worse than Russell Wilson in Seattle. Oh, by a lot. Yeah, oh my gosh. There's, oh, the signs. They may have to mute the crowd, like... There's going to be obscenities thrown in this. Yes. And th- that was kind of becoming a problem with the NBA last year with the crowd, you know, like chanting F-bombs to certain players like Trey Young. This is it's going to be ugly with the, the fans there. But, uh, yeah, Browns, watch out for the Browns. They're, they've they been playing some good football, consistent on the offense. Maybe they can sneak in there, although you know, seven losses isn't going to help. I mean, I definitely like this team. If Jacoby Brissett would have been able to get them maybe one, two more wins, yeah, right. I, I would have liked them a lot as a team that could sneak in the back door. But at four and seven, I just don't think it's going to happen. They pretty much have to run the table at this point. Yeah, I would agree with that. Right? If like that Jets loss just really killed them, that was just horrible. Then you had the Chargers game, the Falcons, like a lot of those early games. It's just like, dang, that like they needed that one. Oh, that definitely. And they just could not come through with it. Um, but you know, it's still a shot. And uh, speaking of a team that is still has a shot, we have the Seahawks and the Rams. Seahawks, uh, they're playing around with their, their leverage here. They had the division in their hands, but kind of lost a few. And now they sit uh, on the outside looking in in the playoff picture. Do you think they have a get-right game here against the Rams? I do. The Rams have been very bad as of late, and probably no Matthew Stafford, maybe not even for the rest of the year, as well as Aaron Donald now out for a few weeks. Oh, really? Yes. For the year, wow. Yeah, and no reason to play him. I mean, you're done. It's kind of the same thing with the, the Aaron Rodgers thing. Like, you're done. No reason to put him in there. But, uh, yeah, I think the, the Seahawks, much better team than the Rams this year. Should easily win this. Yeah, maybe the worst season we've ever seen from a defending Super Bowl team. Oh, it's got to be. I can't think of any that even come close to this. Yeah, not in my lifetime. I mean, sometimes the Super Bowl losing team regresses a lot. But, like, the winners, like, man. And at first, you thought maybe, hey, it's the Super Bowl hangover, which we kind of see, but... Yeah, it's obvious. It's just, just big-time struggles from the Rams here. 
Uh, then you got definitely going to be the most exciting game uh, of the week. Two really good AFC teams. Two teams that at the beginning of the year, uh, they maybe had some doubts about who's starting a quarterback right now. But Tua and Jimmy playing pretty well. Who do you think wins between the Dolphins and the Niners? I have the 49ers winning this one. And after much deliberation, I do have the Dolphins taking over here. Yeah, I could really see either team winning this, and I'm going to definitely be tuned hard into this one to watch this and be very excited to watch. Yeah, and the, the, the 49ers defense is elite. They haven't allowed like a single point, I think, in like the last like two games, is it, in the in the second half? Just really I think it's actually four games in the four last second games. half. Yeah, four games. That's, that's insane. Including and a shutout last week? That's incredible. I, I mean, amazing, but... Dolphins offense is whew. just electric. Yeah, maybe the most in the league, the most electric offense in the league with that running game now a lot better, and Jeff Wilson going against his former team. I don't know. I think that the 49ers offense is a little inconsistent. Um, so, but either way, it's going to be a great game. Sure. Uh, and then you got the Kansas City Chiefs facing the Bengals in another amazing matchup here. Who do you have winning? I have the Chiefs winning this one, and I do as well. Although I could see Cincinnati; they're on a big time roll right now. For sure. I mean, I feel like every single time I turn on Kansas City, I'm just so impressed by the things they do. Just like some of the creativity they have in the scheme they run and the play calls and how they're just getting guys open and just getting these easy layups for Mahomes and just the things he does. I always just feel really impressed by Kansas City every time I turn them on. Yes, it's always a bad idea to, to bet against them. And you're right, it just seems like when they may, might be due for a stinker, they just yet again um, shatter our expectations. And somehow proceed to get even better. Um, unquestioned best team in the NFL, in my opinion. I would agree with that. Uh, then you got the Los Angeles Chargers, who kind of opposite of the Chiefs here, very inconsistent, facing the Las Vegas Raiders, coming off a couple wins here. Uh, I expect this to be a close game, but I do think the Chargers will edge out the Raiders. And I agree with that as well. Also, the Chargers winning. The the Raiders won a couple in a row now. A little too late for this team, yeah. a team that we had a lot bigger expectations for coming into this year. But nice to see their offense come alive a little bit last week. Yes, Josh Jacobs having himself a season. <laughs> Absolutely, and what a game for him. Over 200 rushing yards. Yeah. Just insane. Amazing. And he, I'm sure he won a lot of people their fantasy games last week. Just No doubt. Really. And I did not see that this year coming at all. I feel like Jacobs was kind of one of the running backs that was regressing a little bit and just, boom, just comes out looking elite. Yeah, maybe I should have put more stock into him. I remember last year thinking, like, man, people are too low on Josh Jacobs. Yeah. But I had no stock of him this year. Right. Costly. Yeah. (laughs) Very costly. Um, But that game should be exciting nonetheless and now we have a game that shouldn't be too great here we have the colts and the cowboys uh i expect the cowboys to roll them absolutely cowboys looking really good as of late and i'd almost be want to make a case for them as the best team in the nfc right now yeah i mean i kind of wanted to say that earlier but i didn't have the guts to but they're just as good as as the eagles and vikings like i almost want to say like there's i almost see like no reason why dallas is not i mean I've always been a big fan of Dak Prescott as a quarterback. They've got a pretty nice stable of weapons in Dallas with CeeDee Lamb as a really good number one, Michael Gallup as well. Dalton Schultz is a number one tight end and just a really good stable of backs there as long as, as well as probably the best defensive line in the league. Yeah, and you got the experience, right? Vikings, Eagles, young teams, you know, they, they haven't really been in the playoffs. And the, the Cowboys, yeah, they choke in the playoffs, but they've been there and they're a team 
that a lot of the guys there are veterans and they know what they're doing. I feel like maybe that's a team that's not quite been talked about enough right now about how good they are, and I think could make a lot of noise in the postseason this year. Especially if they land Odo Beckham, which I think they're the front runners for him at this point. Yeah. So yes, definitely, they're just really fun to watch this year, and hey, I, I really do think they're probably. I don't want to say they're my my Super Bowl pick for the NFC, but they're right up there with the Niners for me. Absolutely. Uh, and then we got the Monday night matchup. And this is going to be a very low-scoring game. It's the Saints and the Buccaneers. I have the Buccaneers coming out on top of this one. I do as well, and I don't think we'll learn anything new from either of these teams with this game, though. And, you know, to be honest, I have no idea how the Saints can sit there with Andy Dalton in a quarterback still. I know, that's just... What are you doing? When you still got a shot at the division, you somehow got a shot at this division. At four and eight, and you just refuse to put in Winston. I don't understand how you can justify that. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, they've kind of been a team that's just flown under. I think both of our radars haven't really talked about them too much. But that that's a very good point. Like, what are you doing? Like, Andy Dalton is not the answer. Put in Jameis Winston. He gives you so much more opportunity for big plays and explosiveness. What are you doing starting Dalton? Like, he is not a, a playoff quarterback at this point in his career. Yeah, I mean, a Saints team that's been close. It's been in a lot of close games. I mean, we all know that Winston has had a very bad reputation for his turnovers, but he also get, just gives you so much more in terms of big plays, and that's something that New Orleans has lacked severely this year. Yes, they really have. And their defense is playing pretty good football here, and I don't know, yeah, this division is very winnable. They need to, they need to be starting Winston like like right away if you want to have a shot. Because although it's winnable, if you lose this game, you're like three games now behind the Buccaneers, and they have the tiebreaker. It's it's going to be looking pretty bad. Or sorry, two games behind. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that that is our game picks. Uh, hopefully, the success continues. All right, that's it for this edition of Mark My Words Football Podcast. If you like the podcast, we encourage you to follow us on Spotify and subscribe to us on YouTube. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.